Hey everyone, welcome to Staying Connected. This is Katie, your host, and today I have Emily on the line. Emily was diagnosed with vascular Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome after being misdiagnosed previously, so we're going to talk to Emily. How are you this morning? I'm tired and cold. How about yourself? <laughs> You're in Washington, right? Yes. How cold is so it? So I am. It is, last I checked, it was about 41, and I'm on the second floor of the house. So, yeah, it, it's pretty lovely cold up here. Oh, I'm envious. <laughs> it's still in the 80s here. <laughs> yeah, the sun hasn't even risen yet. Oh. So, yeah. Well, it's I appreciate cold. you waking up early to talk to me. Oh, yes, no problem. <laughs> so, um, tell me first about how what you were originally diagnosed with, and just kind of talk to me about that whole experience? Living in Washington, I was uh, sent up to Children's by my primary um, physician, uh, Seattle Children's, and they went off of a list of, uh, I believe it's the Braxton, no, or whatever list of 10 mm -hmm. um, for like flexibility. Um, I had three out of the 10 signs. Um, so they initially diagnosed me with classic. Um, my mother went with me, and they also did her as well. So they actually diagnosed her with hypermobile um, EDS. Mm -hmm. So that's all sorts of So two different types within the same family. Um, normally that doesn't happen. Um, usually it's just one type of EDS because EDS runs true in a family. Mm -hmm. But also didn't send us for any follow-up testing. They didn't do any blood work. Um, they were confident that it was two different types. Even though no one else in my family showed any other signs. But we also didn't have my dad's as well. Because um, I didn't know my dad at the time. So how did you end up at Seattle Children's? No, um, my primary physician in Centralia uh, Pediatrics had been, I had had her since I was an infant. So she saw me from infancy all the way up to that time, and I was 12 when we had the diagnosis. I had bruising from the get-go in infancy from my car seat. Um, Literally, I would just move out of my car seat and I'd get a small bruise. Mm -hmm. And my pediatrician, um, Dr. Polly, would then, of course, start looking at mom um, to see where are these bruises coming from. Yeah. Uh, mom would stop her right there and roll up her own arms and show off her bruises. Um, so Polly was actually one of the first ones to figure out that there was something wrong with both of us. And... We really didn't have any other issues besides bruising up until I was 12. Um, that's when we had um, the first issue. Um, when I was 12, I was in gym class at school, and they would do tests. Um, in gym, at that time, we had jump roping tests. And it was January 23rd, 2004, uh, snow makeup day, which I did not ago but I was forced to um, fifth grade and for that day in gym we did trio jumping so jumping with a very big rope um, three people in the rope you jump for a few times until the teacher tells you to leave oh, I or to, that. Um, to get out yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and 
and um, it all went fine and dandy. I was fine. Um, I had regular pants on. I had my tennis shoes on. I tripped over my feet, running out of the rope sideways. Yeah, and I fell. Mm -hmm. I fell on my right side, and I dislocated my left knee. My left kneecap was actually out and to the side, Mm -hmm. and the teacher, of course, at first, couldn't understand why I didn't get up until she touched my knee and I screamed. And I don't remember much after that. I might have said a few expletives to <laughs> my regular teacher because I wanted to go to sleep and she wouldn't let me, so I didn't really like her at the time. Because, mm-hmm. um, of course, they didn't want me to fall asleep because of shock and right. all of I don't remember the ambulance, and I don't remember going up to the hospital to get my knee back into place. Um uh, after they got my knee back in and did all the testing, they realized I had torn all three of my ligaments, and my ACL tendon especially um, was actually cut in half. So the other three tendons were just cut. Mm-hmm. So they would they were going to be able to heal, but the ACL was actually cut in half, mm-hmm. um, and that one would not be able to heal properly. Uh, but considering I was 12... Um, I wasn't able to have the surgery right then because mm-hmm. I was still growing. They didn't want to do an ACL repair surgery until I was a little older mm-hmm. um, unless they saw something else. Um, but that was really one of the first major implications that something was very wrong with us because um, a kid falling in gym class shouldn't dislocate something. Right. Um so my pediatrician started doing some extensive research, and that's um, how she found EDS. Um, there were no indications of VEDS because we'd never had any arterial issues except for bleeding, right. um, like scratches and um, some protruding veins in our hands. Because um, my mom and I are very pale. Um, I'm a bit more pale than her or than she was. We could actually see my veins more than my mom. Mm-hmm. The veins are actually more pronounced in me, but she was much, much worse. By the time I did my knee injury, she had dislocated her elbows from kind of normal things, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, at no, that would have been the that she would already have dislocated or yeah, dislocated them three times. First time she fell down the stairs uh, out of our house, dislocated her right. Um, About a year or so later, she dislocated both. um, Roller skating, she got cut off and fell forward and dislocated both her elbows. She had landed in push-up position. And we were at a skating rink, so that that was all sorts of fun. The last one probably would have been the worst one, but because of the other two, of course, it wasn't thought of. Um, we were at um, fairgrounds, at the Centralia Fairgrounds, mm-hmm. uh, for the Southwest Washington Fair, and she was getting on a ride with my uncle and one of my cousins, and she put her hands behind her to push herself up onto the chair for the ride, and her elbow dislocated, Whoa. only her right. So, by that point, um, 
we had already thought that since she had dislocated the other two, um, or the other two times with that same arm previously, um, a normal person, of course, would be a bit more lax right. at that point. So it wasn't thought of until I did my injury. And my injury was after those three incidents. Okay. Um, so nothing was thought of with mom at that time. And her dislocations were over the score of, I think, four, four years, wow. I want to say. Mary's a bit shot of that time. <laughs> um, at this point, she hadn't been diagnosed with anything. Right? No, we hadn't been hadn't diagnosed been. with anything yet. I hadn't had my knee injury yet. I, she hadn't dislocated. It took about another three or four years after her last dislocation for me to dislocate my knee. Okay. Because um, I think I was like in first or second grade when she dislocated her elbow the last time okay. at the fairgrounds. And I was in fifth grade um, when I dislocated my knee. So it was something like that. So how did they, they did the big um, scale on you at Seattle Children's? They had the list in front of them of how, uh, of course, the, pi the pictures. Mm -hmm. um, they had us do the stretches. Um, so the... Um, thumb to the wrist, um, the stretchiness of the skin, mm -hmm. um, and that's that's what I can remember of those was just those two um, stretching down to the ground. Of course, um, we're not very flexible. Our mom was a bit more flexible than me, but I'm not all that flexible, and I was <laughs> dancing at the time. Um, I. I'd been very active beforehand. Um, I was in dance. I was in baseball. Of course, school. I had danced twice a week. I had baseball practice almost every other night besides those two nights. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, I was I was very active from the time I could actually hold a ball until my knee injury. Okay. So. So then, that um, was that, that was hard giving up. Yeah. So tell me about when you were diagnosed with VEDS. I was diagnosed with VEDS two years after the misdiagnosis. Um, so I was in middle school at the time, eighth grade. Um, I hadn't even entered high school. And I was diagnosed with VEDS after my mother died. Um, mom was 37. And she had collapsed at work from an inflamed gallbladder. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, they took her to the hospital. And um, we were living down in Grand Mound at the time. She was working up in Tumwater. Um, so, of course, they took her to St. Pete's. Mm -hmm. A very terrible hospital, if you ask me. But... That's my biased opinion of that. Mm -hmm. um, she was in the hospital a grand total of three days, and she never came out. Um, when they took her in the ambulance, um, her vitals were all normal. Um, they couldn't figure out why she was in so much pain. So the ambulance actually left her in the waiting room. And the hospital staff actually came to the belief that my mother was a drug seeker. Um, I don't know why. 
I wasn't there for that. My grandmother was, but I wasn't. I was in school. Um, but she stayed in the waiting room for three hours before they finally took her back and did testing on her and realized, oh, your gallbladder is inflamed. We've got to take that out immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, this was in 2007. Um, that was May 3rd, okay. to be exact. Um, they did the surgery that night, and we'd had the diagnosis of EDS, but we didn't have VEDS. So we told the physician she had EDS, we just got diagnosed, um, uh, with, she had hypermobile, but she has a tendency of bleeding. And when she gets a scratch, she bleeds profusely for several minutes. Um, so please be careful of the bleeding. The physician went back to the computer for five minutes, mm-hmm. came back to set and said, I know all I need to know. Um, they did the surgery that night, um, and then he went home because um, it was that physician's weekend mm-hmm. afterwards. So, of course, he didn't want to come back and follow up with his patient. Um, normally, with a gallbladder surgery, it's laparoscopic. Um, they just take the gallbladder out, um, have like three or four incisions in your stomach. Yeah. Um, the sutures are the dissolvable ones, so they stay in. Um, all fine and dandy, you're usually good to go home right after. With VEDS patients, we gotta be bedridden for a few days because the tissues are very fragile. Of course, we didn't have the diagnosis of VEDS, so they treat mom like a regular person. So after she woke up um, sometime the next morning, early morning, um, like before the sun rose early, they had her up and walking. Mm -hmm. And that was all fine except her stitches tore. Um, So the nurses bound her up, got her back into bed, and called the doctor and woke him up. And he just ordered pressure bindings and to see the other physician, um, the weekend doctor mm-hmm. and to call him when he got in and he got in sometime that morning and the nurses called him because they had to change the binding I remember reading correctly they had to change it at least once in a shift at that point okay. um, when when they started getting more um, they had to actually change it more often in a shift because um, her blood count started dropping okay um, and the physician was told of this, and he ordered blood transfusions. Oh, that actually also started to make her bleed more, because she had more blood to actually flow through. Um, so they needed to change her bindings more. But he refused to see her. Mm-hmm. When he finally did see her, um, he just ordered more blood transfusions and to keep her bound. Try to get her walking. Um try to get her up and use the restroom. Um, and the nurses did that and kept kept him appraised of her blood count dropping. And by the time they went in the next day, May 5th, mm-hmm. um, that was already too late. They had given her 23 blood transfusions wow. in two days. Her blood count was so low she had no clotting ability whatsoever. 
um, her blood clotting ability went out the door and her stomach was so full of blood or actually her entire chest was so full of blood that it had crushed her organs in two days. So she was in the hospital grand total of three days um, and she passed away the afternoon of May 5th of 2007. She was only 37 years old. And how old were you? 14. Wow. I hadn't even graduated middle school yet. I was in eighth grade. Wow. So then uh, what happened? Um, well, of course, when you lose a parental figure and then your grandmother loses their youngest child, there's a period of depression uh-huh. that lasts for a while. Um, so my, my grandmother and I didn't really do anything for the next several months. Um, about six months later um, is when I finally went to see buyers. Um, I finally just broke a little bit of the depression stage at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, my primary physician was actually awesome at that. She's actually the one that sent us up. Um, to Doc Byers at UW. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also the point where we started the uh, the lawsuit as well for wrongful death mm-hmm. um, against. Uh, it actually wasn't against St. Pete's. It was actually against Group Health because um, that it was Group Health physicians at St. Pete's. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we the. Grandma and I went and saw Dr. Byers, and he actually spent the majority of the appointment focused on me, not talking to Grandma about me, which was awesome. Yeah, he's great. Rare <laughs> and awesome. But yeah, I, 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 I love Byers. <laughs> <laughs> I is... think that's kind of the consensus. Yes. <laughs> is that those who meet him adore him. Because um, he, really he is so patient-centered. Um yes. And even with kids, and he will actually focus on the child rather than the parent, which is different for most physicians with yeah. kids. They will focus on the parent talking about the child rather than to the child itself. Right. Um, yeah. So that that was that was great. So he did a full workup, um, um, a full examination, examined my my veins examined my bruising, um, my scars on my knee um, from my knee surgery, because um, I did ha- end up having knee surgery. I actually had to have my ACL replaced at 12. Wow. Um, yeah, that was all sorts of fun. So I have four scars that were really profuse and really dark purple. Um, yeah, I have scars like that on my legs. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. I gotta gotta love those purple scars. <laughs> um, and then he did look up my flexibility, which yet yeah, is not all that flexible. Um, I can almost just the tip of my thumb can go to my forearm, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother could put it flat. Um, and then he looked and told us of the facial features, so the small nose, the attached low, thin lips, my pale, pale complexion, um, 
my veins, of course, which are very, very blue against my very white skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have the long, thin, tapered fingers, mm-hmm. which are very tiny. Um, yeah, my ring size is only a 3.29, and, or wow. 3.25, pardon. Um, which, yeah, that's very tiny. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's just my size. Now, my hands then were quite a bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and then he, he said he actually suspected VEDS um, from just looking at me right then. Um, he actually said from the get-go when he first walked in, he knew I had EDS just from looking at me. Yeah. But he didn't know what type. He might have suspected VEDS, but he wanted the blood test to be sure. Mm-hmm. So he ordered that, and we waited for the results, and then got them that, yeah, I've got VEDS. Um, but I'm a bit of an interesting one because... We don't, besides my mom's um, gallbladder surgery that went awry, there's no really, no arterial issues that is um, familiar or the same as that go with VEDS. Because right. um, VEDS is known as both a bowel issue and an arterial issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really don't have arterial issues and we don't really have bowel issues. I've never had any um, aneurysms. I've never had any dissections. My mom never did. The only thing, the only issue she had was the gallbladder surgery, which that could be, it's part EDS at that point, part of the VEDS, mm-hmm. but the other part is also just the doctors bungling it. Yeah. Because yeah. um, she did bleed during surgery too. And the physician's first words after surgery when he came to us actually were, well, she certainly humbled me. Mm. I still remember those exact words 11 years later. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be so hard. Oh, yeah. Um, I always use, use her as like an example of even where I'm at because mom... Mom had issues, um, again, not arterial, but she had physical issues, actually, from birth. Mm-hmm. It's one of the other not very well-known signs of just EDS in general, but also of VEDS, is actually club feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and club feet is actually where the feet turn inwards as they grow. Mm-hmm. And my mom was the youngest of five. None of the other kids, none of my my aunt or any of my uncles had any other issues. And she basically got the lottery of EDS. She was the first one with EDS in the family. Okay, so I was going to ask that if your grandmother had it or not. No. um, My old lady... Um, and that's that. That is what we call her as the old lady. Um, she doesn't have it at all. That that was actually my mother's nickname for. Her. She she likes that nickname. She still does. Yeah. She likes it. It is not a disrespect thing. I get that a lot. Um, no, she. 
Yeah, I, I actually do get that a lot. No, the uh, the old lady has no issues. She has some. Um, she has like COPD um, and a few other issues caused in old age because she is 80 years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does not have any even of the minor characteristics of EDS, let alone VEDS. Um, and none of my cousins have it. And I've got four other cousins. Three of them are siblings. Um, none of them have it. Yeah. Um, none of my uncles. Um, I have three uncles and my one aunt. None of them have it. And my aunt is a hypochondriac, but she wishes she had it. <laughs> I'd gladly trade him. Um, but yeah, mom and I were the only one with issues in the family. And doing a family history search on Shiester side, a lot of the people who passed away were in their 70s and 60s, which is also uncharacteristic of uh, of Eads. Um So I never found anything in the family tree just EDS or anything of the sort so mom's actually the first one had the first splice of EDS mm-hmm. yay <laughs> so she got the genetic lottery on that and had everything wrong um, the one thing um, after I was diagnosed I started doing a ton of research um, which when you're in school you have to do research papers anyway so it was an easy topic um, just the fun thing of citing sources which I, there's a lot of sources actually from Dr. Byers so I used yes. a lot of from Byers and from uh, Mitzi um, in a lot of my sources mm-hmm. so I did a lot of research on EDS in, in high school did quite a few presentations on it actually in school trying to spread awareness so that um, I wouldn't get teased or tormented because I was on the 504 plan um, and the students didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, 504 in Washington is basically a federal plan that kind of let me get away with not having gym class. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I wasn't allowed to do gym. Right. From middle school all the way up until high school, and I actually graduated without gym credits, which you're supposed to. Yeah. Um, but it also allowed me to have a rolling backpack so I wouldn't have my books on my back. Right. Um, it, I got a top locker so I wouldn't have to bend down. And I was able to leave class early so I wouldn't be tripped in the hallways so I wouldn't fall. Right. Um, so they saw that part. They saw the perks of it. They didn't see the issues that caused or that were the reason to have that. Um, they just were getting special treatment or what they saw as special treatment. Right. Yeah. Didn't really like it. So I <laughs> tried to get at least some awareness in my tiny school. Um, so I lived out in the middle of the boonies. So a lot of closed-minded people out there out in the middle of nowhere. So one thing I knew with EDS is that it runs true in a family. Um, So I was diagnosed with the one type, so we know my mother automatically had the other type. Uh, um, The other thing I noticed was that it's a spectrum. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so looking at me where I was and trying to look at and figure out where my mom was, it's different, or two sides of the same coin even. Um, it's a spectrum. So there are some who are worse end of the spectrum, who have the aneurysms, have the dislocations, the subluxations, um, and their quality of life is very poor. That's the higher end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Mom was closer to that end um, with the dislocations, um, with the bruising. Um, her bruises were so worse. They would last a month, wow. whereas mine... At the time I was a teenager, they would last maybe a week, week and a half, yeah. um, something like that. Um, and it would also take a bit more pressure to bruise me than it would be to bruise her. Yeah. And well, that's where I come in. I'm on the low end of the spectrum, who has barely any issues. Um, yeah, I had the dislocation, so I have a bit of issues with my joints. Yeah. But no materials, no anything, no other dislocations, um, besides a few subluxations, a few lax joints. Even after a car accident, I didn't break anything. I just subluxed. Um, and that was just a few years ago. And I still don't have any, uh, a lot of the issues that um, I've read about. Yeah. So when you, when you read about VEDS, you read that oh, it's this horrible condition. You have all of these aneurysms that you can get even when in your 20s and your early 30s. All of the aneurysms, all of the um, dissections, that's all of the dislocations, um, and then the lifespan of about 45 to 50 because of the issues. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that's that's true in some case. It's not true in all cases, um, especially with uh, with mine. Now, my mom, of course, she was 37 when she passed. Um, but if they had done the surgery properly and had her bed bound for at least three or four days, if not a few more, I believe she would have lived. Yeah. Um, and I know that because I did it myself. I had to have my gallbladder out at 17. Wow. Um, same exact surgery. I had gallstones at 17 in high school. I hadn't done it children's. Uh, they attempted to get the stones to pass naturally, and yeah, that didn't happen. Um, but no, I had to have the surgery, and... They, they had a fun time trying to get me out of bed. Um, I kept myself bedbound in the hospital for three days after the surgery. And I had no issues. I, I bled a little bit um, during the surgery, I yeah. think. Um, but I didn't tear. I didn't do anything. So I think if they had actually kept her bedbound, she would have lived. Yeah. How did that feel um, having the same surgery that your mom had? Oh, I was not happy about it. I was in a very angry mood um, after mom passed, and that stayed and persisted for several years. Yeah. 
Um, I actually didn't get out of my angry phase, as I call it, until uh, my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, just other issues as well. But my mother, my mother was my friend. Um, she was really the only person I had. Um, my dad was non-existent. Um, she had left after she found out she was pregnant with me because she, um, she had unfounded fears that he would actually steal me away. I know they're unfounded because I, I, I found him a few years ago. Um, but at the time, that's what she felt. Yeah. And all she wanted was me. She didn't really want um, the traditional family. She just wanted me herself. Um, all to herself, without any of the other entanglements. Because mm-hmm. um, she was that type of person. Um, she was that that strong-willed. Yeah. She had me at 22. Uh, she was almost 23. She was just a few weeks shy of her 23rd birthday, actually. Um, I was three weeks early, and the only issues we had, um, she had a little bit of bleeding, and I had the umbilical cord around my neck. Because, of course, I did. Um, <laughs> but um, I was just three weeks early, and that was really the only issue we had. Um, and so, yeah, she, she raised me. I lived with her and my grandmother up until I was 12, um, after the, the knee injury. Um as soon as I got out of uh, elementary school, um, she had enough money to actually move out. So we got our own trailer, and it was just her and I. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we never had anyone else. She never dated anyone. She never went out. If she did go out, um, it was with uh, some girlfriends of hers mm-hmm. that were actually. Um, one of them was the parent to one of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they went out once to the casino. That was it. <laughs> and I was 12. Um, the last time she went out and actually left me for like a long amount of time alone was when I was just before I turned 14. It was the last concert that Ozzy Osbourne came to Washington. Hmm. Yeah, Ozzy's last concert in Washington. Um, my the receptionist at my physical therapy place, because my mom actually was talking to her and they became friends. Um, she had gotten tickets for it, and she knew my mom um, loved Ozzy, mm-hmm. which that's another whole story there <laughs> um, of our love for Ozzy. Uh, our, our love for Ozzy knows no <laughs> I would only fall asleep to one song as as an infant, and that Mom Coming Home from Ozzy Osbourne. Mom to play it over and over and over. If anything else came on, I would wake up and start screaming. Oh my gosh, that's funny. As soon as Mom Coming Home came on, I'd fall back asleep. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. We love the Osbournes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So she had a tape and played it constantly. But yeah. she loved Ozzy, so she didn't mind. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, my she went to the concert, and that was the last concert I went to. Wow. Uh, it was Ozzy. That was like either late 2006 or very early 2007, uh, something like that. Yeah. I was still in PT at the time. Wow. Uh, I was in PT for my knee for two and a half years uh, before and after surgery and had the surgery the same year as the injury. Yeah, I had the I had ACL reconstruction in 2008 and I had to have a couple months of physical therapy beforehand and several months after it was it was the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, with my ACL, uh, I did the injury in January. I had to have the surgery in December, all 2004, mm -hmm. um, and I was in PT for at least another two years. Wow. Um, or at least another year after the surgery. So for a grand total of two years, I had to have two manipulations, one before, one after the surgery, because I had scar tissue underneath my kneecap yeah. built up. Um, I still can't fully straighten or bend. Um, so yeah, squats are out of the question. So what do you like to do um, Like so you, you mentioned that you're, that you're not as active since your diagnosis. Yeah, I was initially told I could no longer do sports, which, uh, yeah, I had a little issue with that, um, because baseball was, was my thing. I played, I'd been playing at least a type of baseball since I was three. Mm -hmm. Um, I played stump baseball with my grandma at three. Um, and I love baseball. I miss my baseball. Yeah. Um, so after my knee injury, I actually got in band, um, I got into music, I went into that, like, feet first or head first, <laughs> one of the two phrases, um, so my mom told me, choose an instrument, um, and that'll be what you do for band. It was either the flute or the clarinet, I chose the flute, and now I play, like, ten different instruments. Very cool. Uh... Yeah, um, and she kind of actually had to tell me to stop practicing because um, at the time I had nothing else to do. So I would actually play my flute for two, three to four hours a day. Wow. <laughs> this was a day Yeah, I was practicing. Wow. Um, normally in middle school, um, we had sheets that we'd have to actually bring our conductor. Um, and he actually had a tally board of how many minutes we practiced. Right. Um, and it's supposed to be 25 minutes a day with some extra things. I had to ask for a big stack. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'd be filling up maybe one or two of those every other day. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and then mom actually started getting me... Um, they make arrangements of like movie music oh, for yeah. specific instruments that are like an intermediate or an easy level. Um, well, mine are an intermediate because um, that's where my my movies start at is an intermediate level. Mm -hmm. The first one she got me um, was Lord of the Rings. Oh, I love that soundtrack. Is oh yes, uh, that soundtrack is awesome. Um, this was after the third movie came out when they came out with these books 
And yeah, I still have that book somewhere and it's falling apart and the CD <laughs> is destroyed, so I had to get another one. Um, so I'd play that. I had Harry Potter, Star Wars, because <laughs> I'm nerd. Um, total nerds. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, my my music collection, I think if I put it all together would be from flute and piano probably go like a foot tall That's in my great. books. No. Yeah. I I collect music books. I even got a few uh, a few Disney uh, instrumental books. Yeah. Uh, Pirates of Car- uh, Caribbean and yeah. So I w- I went headfirst into music. Um and I practiced that as well as the other pieces. Um and since my school district was small and we just had band, yeah. um I needed some extracurriculars. Um, there was a board up in my band class, um, and Mr. Pasco, the band teacher, actually would put on the board certain things in the area of um, Olympia and Centralia. One of the things he had up there was CASA, uh, the Capital Area Youth Symphony Association. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I joined uh, CASA. And I was their second flautist, and I was with them all up until, um, all up until they went out um, when Mr. Pendergrass died. Wow, that's so cool! You were able to find something to enjoy. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Mom was actually she would have to drag me to my concerts because um, <laughs> she she loved going to them. Um, I actually ended up. My mother loved it so much, <clears throat> I ended up doing my music for her. I actually still do. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Was well, there anything else you want to oh, tell yeah. the listeners before? Um, I think just to keep it in mind, because um, VEDS is, is one of those invisible disorders. Mm-hmm. So um, I've had a handicap record since I was 12. Still have one. But looking at me, um, you wouldn't be able to see that I have it. Yeah, you may see some bruises, depending on what I wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see my veins, but that's about it. Um, otherwise, I look uh, like a healthy 25-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, you never know um, how things are going to turn out. And... Also, just to take care of uh, take care of your loved ones and your family, because you never you never know how you react to them being gone until they are gone. It is not something you can plan for or or anything with that. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not fun um, dealing with the fallout from that. So even if you make plans for for them being on its plans go awry. Yeah. So, uh, just the only thing I can say is just to take care of those those in love while you have them, because you never know when they'll be gone the next day. That's so true. Well, thanks again for talking yeah. with me today. Mhm. No problem. <laughs> thanks for getting up at six thirty in no. the morning. <laughs> Yeah, I know we've been trying to get this planned for a while with our 
schedules. Yeah, it's hard being on a three-hour so. time difference. So. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> kind of difficult to get together when you're in uh, Florida and I'm in Washington. But yep. <laughs> it was nice meeting the Veeds Collaborative. Oh, it was great final. meeting you there. <laughs> that was awesome. That was really great. Yeah. All right. Well, we, I'm friends with you on yeah. Facebook, and we'll stay connected. Yep. That's about what we can do at this time. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. This is Katie again, your host, and this was Emily. Um, more episodes are coming out on the last Sunday of every month, and I'll talk to you soon.